So this semester we've been walking through all of Scripture and how the thread of the gospel is in the entirety of Scripture from beginning to the end. Uh, and I hope that you're seeing that as we go through piece by piece of all of Scripture, that you see how it connects more and more uh, and how the gospel is, is present in all of it. That there's this group of people always that are disobedient and running after things to find satisfaction that are not God. And they continue to do that and God continues to pursue them and he continues to show them ways that he is good uh, and that he loves them and he continues to rescue them. Uh, and all of this in the Old Testament is ultimately pointing to Jesus coming in the New Testament um, and even in our lives now. He's tr constantly trying to point us to that, to Jesus as the one that's rescued us. Uh, and so that's the whole point of us walking through all of Scripture. And so tonight... Um, we're going to pick up where we left off, uh, and, and we're going to talk about, we started talking about last week how Israel wanted a king, and they begged God for a king to give them this, um, so much so that he finally gave in and said, yeah, you can have a king, even though he knew it wasn't going to be the, the, the best thing for them. Um, and, and so one of the kings that, the second king actually of Israel is David, and we're going to be talking about David tonight and actually in the next couple of weeks. Um, but but the main point for tonight is that this God that we serve, this God of the Bible, um, and really the, the story of Scripture is all about these unexpected choices that lead to unexpected results. So that's where we're, we're going tonight for the most part, just unexpected choices and how they lead to unexpected results. Um, as unexpected as, you know, most of you probably wouldn't expect that I'm wearing BB-8 socks right now, but I am, you know? See how pretty those are? That has nothing to do with the sermon except the fact that they were, you probably didn't expect me to be wearing that right now, but I love them. Um, and it made my son smile today when he saw them. Um, and so unexpected choices leading to unexpected results. Uh, and I want to start with uh, a story about my life. Uh, that's pretty recent, and so I'm going to warn you already, this is, uh, I'm going to be a mess tonight. Like, you know, I cry, I cry every once in a while here, but tonight it's just going to be hard to get through probably. But um, so a little while back, Lauren and I decided we were going to start fostering. And uh, I, since the day that we got married, I told Lauren I wanted to adopt. Um, just something that I thought was super cool that we could be a part of that really highlighted the gospel, and it was awesome, and she was like, yeah, we'll talk about it later, you know. Uh, four kids later, we're, I'm like, you know, what do you think? And uh, she's still like, ah, I don't know. Uh, but there are two, two different girls that she was, went to college with, uh, and she saw them on Facebook um, pretty regularly. Uh, both of them were fostering, and so it, like, sparked this idea in her mind, and she came to me one day and said, what do you think about fostering? And I was like, never really thought about it. I don't even know anything about it. And so we started finding out more information about it and tried to get into it and uh, took all the classes and did everything that we needed to to become a licensed foster home. And so um, in that process, we were getting closer and closer to being licensed. And we weren't quite licensed yet. They came and did the home study, which is like the last part. They like interviewed our family. They were there for like six hours, literally. That's, like, that's not an exaggeration. Six hours. Uh, they interviewed me and Lauren together. They interviewed us separately. And they interviewed our kids without us, which is really funny from us in the other room. I was like, good luck with that. Uh, but they, 
so this, that's the last process, and then they have to, like, she has to write up her report and do her side of the work and turn that in, and all the legal stuff has to happen, right? Well, that's supposed to happen in a few weeks, like two weeks, maybe three weeks. Uh, by the end of it, it took nine weeks to happen. Uh, but in that time, right before we were getting licensed, we were waiting on all that stuff to happen. Um, Lauren got a text, got a message from uh, somebody from our church, Katie. Uh, Katie, see, I asked Katie to come tonight. Um, she's sitting next to Lauren here. She's a nurse, uh, and she just told Lauren, oh, oh, nursing shout out, awesome. Um, she just told Lauren, uh, there's a baby that I want you to pray for. And I know you guys are going to be a foster home. I'm not sure if you are licensed yet or not, uh, but I'm just praying that this baby goes to you. And we don't, I mean, we didn't really know Katie that well. Uh, Katie knows of us from church, uh, and, and that's about it, you know, for the most part. We've seen each other at church before, and I know, we know of each other, know of each other's families, but we've never really spent a lot of time together. And so it was really random um, to us. And, and, and she said, you know, me and the other nurses, we just have been calling him Fighter, so can you just pray for Fighter? And so we were like, okay, this was six months ago. And we said, yeah, we'll pray for Fighter. And so we started praying for this baby, Fighter, and um, our kids were praying for him. And we were thinking, oh, man, this is going to be so cool. Like maybe this is like something that God's doing. Um, but they were too um, slow on the licensing, and he ended up getting placed with another family. Um, but then around that same time, too, we got another, we got a call from uh, some friends of ours uh, that, again, we hadn't talked to in a while that live here in town, and they said, hey, they, they have an adopted daughter, and they said, uh, we got called about uh, our daughter's brother just being born, and they wanted to see if we could take him, and we said we couldn't. Uh, we were wondering if they called you and talked to you about him, and we said, no, we haven't heard anything from anybody yet. We still aren't really licensed yet. We're not sure what's going on. Um, and, and Lauren looked at me, and she's like, that's the same baby. I was like, you're crazy. What are you talking about? And uh, she's like, I'm telling you, it's the same baby. And so sure enough, after asking enough questions to enough people, uh, it's, they were talking about the same boy and uh, fighter. And so we just kept praying for him. And then that, that's when it struck me. I was like, okay, we should fight for him. Like there's something that God is doing. Um, it just happens sometimes, you know. There's something that God is doing, and we should pursue this. And so we did a lot of really, I think people would probably say dumb things. Like we have some friends that work for CPS, and we started asking them, hey, can you figure out about this baby, where this baby's going? Is he placed? Is he not? Um, eventually, again, like I said, they placed him with another family. Uh, but, they, but the one thing that they told us that gave us a little bit of hope still, they said he's, he was being placed with a, with a foster-only family. So you can either just, you can foster kids with no plan to adopt them, or you can be a foster to adopt family, which, which is if the situation gets bad enough, the parents lose rights, then you can adopt them. Um, and so we knew the family that he was going with was one that was a, just a foster family. And so we thought, well, maybe God's doing something and, and he wants us to adopt him eventually. And, and we'll still try to figure something out. But we, kinda, we lost a lot of hope, I think, at that point, um, a decent amount. But we still prayed for him regularly. And then not too long after we got our first placement, um, Baby K, Big K, most of you, a lot of you have met him. Um, and so in November, we got him, and we were tracking along with, with him. And, and, uh, and then uh, 
So we, we've always been praying for fighter in the back of our minds, knowing that that's still something, but we've been praying for Kay as well as he was with us. Um, and then fast forward to just a few weeks ago. Uh, so we knew, we knew as Caden's case moved on um, that we weren't going to adopt him. And it's still, they're still figuring out him and his mom might get him back even. Um, they're still figuring things out with his case. Uh, but they told us in his last, like March 22nd, um, they told us that he had to, there had to be a, another trial for him and it wasn't going to happen until October, which is like six months away, you know. And so um, things were really difficult between him and our youngest. Um, they were competing for everything and it was really hard uh, and it wasn't the best place for either one of them. Um, and so we made the tough decision to ask them to move Caden uh, to a different home, uh, another foster home. And, and thankfully, uh, God worked it out where, uh, so this was last Friday, um, he got moved to the home that he was with before us. He was with a different home before us. Uh, and he got moved back with them. And they were super excited. And, and they're loving on him well. And he's good. Um, and he's in a good place uh, for sure. And he's going to end up in a good place either with them or, or back with his, with his mom and uh, the courts will decide that, but so that's kind of what happened to him. Um, and then, really, at that same time, when we found out what was going to happen with him, uh, we got a call from CPS that said, "Hey, um, this foster family that had uh, Fighter, uh, and they told us his name is, uh, well, they, they that has Fighter um, is going to." They needed a 30-day notice to have him move because one of the one of the uh, it's an elderly couple and one of them uh, got sick and so we need to move him uh, and we wanted to know if, if we could move him to your house and uh, we had a, essentially bugged enough people in CPS long enough that they knew who we were uh, and they knew that we wanted this baby and uh, and so they asked if they could move him to our house and so um, because of everything going on. With, uh, with our other placement, uh, with Baby K, uh, then we'd have to get special paperwork to have so many kids under a certain age in our house. So we were trying to do that all last week, and we were trying to get a, we had to get a bigger, bigger vehicle because ours only holds seven, and then we would have eight people in our family. Uh, and so we were trying to do all these things and, mo and, and move in that direction. Uh, and then at one point, they, so they said they were going to place him with us, and then at one point they even said, okay, we're, we're holding his placement because of everything that's going on with two babies in the home, we need to see if that's okay or not. And so we had a meeting literally last, was that last Wednesday? Last Wednesday, I guess, or two Wednesdays ago, um, where they asked us a bunch of, qu a bunch of questions and try to figure out if they're going to place them with us or not. Um, but again, like I said, uh, our, our first foster child, he got moved on Friday, uh, and then uh, yesterday, uh, we got this little guy who, is he sleeping? No, sorry, dude. Um, this is, so, sorry to wake you up, bud, but this is important. You're a key part of this illustration, so you should come up here with me. So this is little fighter. Um, and <laughs> so here's a crazy thing too, right? So. They place him with us. He really likes lights. Um, and 
so many people told us it shouldn't happen. That there's no way it's going to happen. Um, that you know, there's no way you're going to get that kid. And uh, I'm holding him right now. And 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 they told us yesterday when they were, when we were with them that they said uh, which we were this is the biggest shock of yesterday to me when they brought him besides the fact that you know he got another kid uh, is they said you can start calling him whatever you want to call him if you have a name for him and uh, and so when here's the, here's the funny part about his name too right so his actual name is Kiman. When we were told about him, we were told a few weeks in after we found out about Fighter, somebody else told us his name was Kenan. And so we were fra- praying for Fighter, and then we were praying for Kenan for like four months, five months. Until like three weeks ago, we found out his actual name. Thanks, Fit. Okay. Uh, we found out his actual name is Kiman with an M. Um, and so he has some name crisis right now, I guess. But. Uh, we were we were watching TV one night. I was watching Sports Center, and uh, I was watching Sports Center. And Tim Duncan's name was they said it, and Lauren was like, "Huh, Duncan?" And I was like, "What's going on in your head?" And she was like, "I don't know. I just that's a, I think I like that name. I mean, it's not my favorite, but I I feel like I should like figure out more about that name." And I was like, "Okay." Lauren does that stuff all the time, so I didn't think much of it. Um, she like plans 15 years in ahead, you know, of all kinds of things. But um, we had settled a long time ago on a name, like we were going to adopt on the name Knox. We really like the name Knox a lot. And so Lauren's like, I'm going to look up the two names. And I was like, I like Knox way better than I like Duncan. And, uh, and she said, well, Knox means little round hill. Eh. And Duncan means dark skinned fighter. And I was like, say what? And she, dark skinned fighter, fighter or brown warrior is what it means. And I was like, well, that's his name. Um, and then the other crazy part is that, so we were praying for fighter and we were praying for Kenan. And then Lauren said, because she always has crazy ideas, she's like, I think, I said, I really want him to keep like his first name that he was given. And we can just use that as his middle name. And she's like, I think we should keep his middle name as Kenan instead of Kiman. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, that do- why? We were praying the wrong name for so long. And she's like, I'm going to look both of them up. And I was like, I bet you are. Um, so Kiman has no meaning. It was like made up a few years ago. And it has no origin, no meaning. Uh, Kenan, on the other hand, it means Jehovah has given or God's gift. And I was like, well, there you go again, God. Okay. I have no choice in the matter. Um, so this is, I mean, it may not be legal right now, but this is Duncan Keenan Combs. Um, he is not our adopted son yet, but we believe that that is what God is doing. And I know that's a bold statement. Um, and maybe I wasn't even supposed to give you his name or anything. I don't even know. Um, Legally, I could probably get in trouble because this is getting recorded. Um, but here's the thing. God's full of unexpected choices that lead to unexpected results that make him far more glorious and draw far, far more people to him. Uh, there's no reason that Katie should have ever called us. 
when she heard about him. There's no reason that she should have called us. It was one of those things where she, she knew of us and heard probably from somebody that, or probably from us because we blast everything on Facebook, you know, um, that we were going to foster. And so she, she made an unexpected choice to call us, or to send us a message and say, I'm praying that you get this baby. And I'm praying that you would pray for this baby. There's no reason for her to do that. Uh, so her unexpected choice leads to an unexpected result. It's a big part of why he's here with us tonight. It's a big part of why she got to hold him yesterday for the first time since she held him when she told us about him. There's no reason that we should have pursued him like we did and make people mad in CPS because we called him so many times. And um, there's still people that I think are, don't believe, like, and don't understand why we would work so hard um, and, and say it doesn't make any sense. And until yesterday would say, there's no way you're getting that kid. And there's probably some that would even say now, like, I can't believe you're even talking about adopting him already. That's not even, somebody, one of his family members could show up out of nowhere, uh, and then they could potentially get him. But, y'all, God has been pointing us to these things one step at a time, and we've just been obedient in those things, and we know this is where he's leading us. These unexpected choices that lead to these unexpected results that make God so much bigger. Not just to us, but to the people around us. Um, Lauren's crazy, um, and I love that about her, uh, and so there's really no reason for her to hear Tim Duncan's name on the TV. I'm like, oh, Duncan, let me look up that name. That's just who she is in a lot of ways, um, and she does crazy stuff sometimes, and I just, like, roll my eyes. I'm like, whatever, and then it comes back like this. I'm like, okay, thank the Lord that you listen to those crazy things. Um, she did the same thing with our house. Uh, she ran up to the, the house that we live in and ran up, literally was on a run and knocked on the door and said, hey, would you sell your house? It wasn't for sale. That's a different story for a different day. <laughs> That's no lie. Like, um, again, different story for a different day. And I told her she was crazy and now we're in that house. And so I'm, I'm thankful that she follows these things that are led, I think, by God on her heart, um, these unexpected choices that she makes that lead to these unexpected results. Um, that's the God that we serve. The, the, the story in scripture that we're talking about is David. Um, last week, again, like I said, Israel demanded a king. God gave them a king even though it wasn't the best thing for them. And he was trying, like, like, like I was saying last week, they felt left out, like God was leaving them out because every other nation had a king and they felt like, man, we're left out. When in actuality, God wanted them to stand out. He wanted them to look different, yes, but it was so that they would stand out, not so they would feel left out. But they complained long enough and then God gave them what they wanted. Um, and we're, we're going to be in 1 Samuel 16 and 1 Samuel 17, really. Um, but the very end of 1 Samuel 15, it says this, 1 Samuel 15, uh, 35, yeah, it says the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. So Saul was the first king, 
Saul really turned his back on, on the Lord and did his own thing and wanted power and wanted all those things um, and turned away from the Lord. And then this is a summary from his reign as king. It says the Lord reject, re- regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. And so and then we start moving into the story of David in 1 Samuel 16. It says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. So God tells Samuel, hey, you're going to go to Jesse's house. One of his sons is going to be the king, and you're going to anoint him as king. And so Samuel goes uh, eventually. Um, in verse six, if you, chapter 16, verse 6, it says, when they came... He looked, at, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. So he saw one of the sons and he's named Eliab and he said, surely this is the one. But the Lord said to Samuel in verse 7, this is a real popular verse, most of you probably have heard. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel, and Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and he brought him in, and arise and anoint him, for this is he. And it said, The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. So, David is one of Jesse's sons. Samuel goes to anoint the king. This is word straight from God. You're going to go to the, the family of Jesse, and, and one of those guys, one of his sons is going to be king. Uh, and Sam, or, or David's family, 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 third time, David's family didn't believe enough that David would even be a p- potential possibility that they didn't even call him in from watching the sheep. They're like, just leave David out there. He's not even. There's no chance that he's going to be the king, right? And so even his own family, it's like, definitely not this one. Uh, again, nobody, uh, even Samuel, this guy who literally speaks to God and hears from God. Like they have conversations. Samuel says, oh, it's got to be this guy, the one that, that looks the most like the king. And God says, uh-uh, watch out, remember who I am. The Lord sees not as man sees. The Lord looks at the heart. People see appearance, people see just the, 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 the surface, and God sees into people's hearts, right? And so God picks David, the youngest, the smallest. He picks David. An unexpected choice. One of the last people, it sounds like, from this description that, that people would pick as the king over this nation of Israel. Everybody would want to pick the biggest, the strongest, the best warrior, all those kind of things. But again, God says, listen, I look at things differently. I see things differently than you do. And so God makes the unexpected choice of of anointing David as king. I think about uh, the illustration for, like, you know, you superhero nerds out there that I think of is if you've ever seen uh, Captain America, and then you see what happens when Captain America becomes, or be, he gets chosen, right? When uh, Stephen Rogers gets chosen as Captain America, he would be the last one, right? Because he's the scrawniest and all that sort of stuff. Does anybody remember why does he get chosen? Because he what? 
because he had the best heart, which was proved by him jumping on what? A grenade. When nobody else, everybody else ran, and he jumps on a grenade, right? So it showed his, his heart. Everybody else would have picked some other soldier that was already, like, tough and strong. But, so that's, like, the illustration that came to my mind, right? The weakest, the, the smallest, the, the most insignificant a lot of times. If you look through all of Scripture, you see God again and again pick the weak, the, the, the least likely choice, the unexpected choice. Over and over and over and over again, he picks these unexpected choices. And in this case, it's the same kind of deal, an unexpected choice for him to be king. If you read 1 Samuel 17, it's one of the most well-known, one of the most told stories of Scripture, right? David and Goliath. Um, again, that's just a snapshot of David. This guy who has no chance against this warrior that's like nine feet tall. David's scrawny. He's little. He's a little shepherd boy. He's not a warrior. This guy is like the best of the best um, when it comes to fighting. Uh, but David knows who God is. He knows this guy who's shown up in his life um, over and over again. And so David's not afraid of him. Um, and I'll get to a little bit more of that in a minute here. Uh, but again, there's this unexpected choice of David as king. There's this unexpected choice of David for him to fight. Like David's the one that chose that he wanted to fight Goliath. That's an unexpected choice that a lot of people would say is really dumb. Because again, if you look at the two, if you size them up, David's really young, he's really small. Uh, Goliath is an experienced warrior. He's huge. Uh, David's a shepherd. He's not a warrior at all. All Goliath has these, this giant sword. He has, uh, and David has a little slingshot, you know. I know you've heard that story enough that it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like Sunday school story. But, like, think about that. It's a crazy story, and you're like, yeah, this guy should never win this fight, right? If I'm a betting man, I'm not going to bet on David. Like, nobody would. But that's why God chooses him. Because, again, if you get an unexpected choice and you get these unexpected results, the unexpected result is that David actually wins that fight. Then what has to happen? Glory has to go to God because there's no way that this scrawny little guy could have ever beat that guy. If it was a big, strong guy who was equally matched, then it's a lot easier to believe that that guy could have just done it on his own power. So I think the reason that God picks these unexpected choices and so that these unexpected results would happen and it would point people to him and how big he is and how great he is and how, how amazing he is. The reason this story is so crazy to me is that I, I shouldn't even know about this child. I, sh I shouldn't know anything about him. Yet he's part of our home now. All these unexpected things and these unexpected choices and, 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 and God is good enough to to take people's screw-ups and, and bring these beautiful things out of it. To take the people of Israel's screw-up of wanting a king over just wanting God to be their king. And then he raises up this guy named David who's actually the best king that Israel will ever have. He's the only person in Scripture that's, that's, that's uh, called a man after God's own heart. So he raises up this guy who is an example to so many people. Through Israel's disobedience and their bad choices, he raises up this guy who's going to draw more and more people to who God is. Through all of his parents' bad choices, he's brought this child, God's brought this child to us, and he's going to use his life to show people how big God is and how faithful he is. 
Every time I look at Katie Trotty now, I'm going to think about how faithful God is. Every single time. That if we just step out in obedience to the crazy things that he calls us to do, that he's faithful. Can't even see my notes. Uh, um. Jesus, you're always so encouraging in the crowd. I, I just appreciate you so much. Um, so, so how do you, so let's apply this. Uh, how do you make sure you're available to be one of those people that's an unexpected choice that God uses for unexpected results? Like how do you make sure you're one of those people? I, I think it's really, I think it's simple. And I think these are probably the main two application points that we have almost every week. Application number one, know God. Know him. How, how could David be this man that's raised up and, and as this unexpected choice to be this king? How, how is that even possible? Number one, he knew God. If you read in, in 1 Samuel 17, that's one of the reasons I love and why I wanted to at least get into a little bit uh, David and Goliath. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 26, and it says, And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So he was coming out every day and taunting the people of Israel and saying, Somebody fight me, somebody fight me, somebody fight me. And he was basically making fun of God and saying, like, No, like, you're the people, you're not that, you're not a chosen people. Like, you're, you're weak, you're worthless. And, and that ticked David off. He was like, who, why isn't anybody standing up against this guy who's talking against the, the living God that we serve? Uh, and so everybody's afraid of Goliath. Everybody's afraid of Goliath. And in verse, verse 32 uh, of chapter 17, it says, And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. So David just stands up. And he says, I'll go fight him. And at first, Saul the king is like, no, you're too young. You're too small. Uh, he says, you're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, here's the key. Your servant used to keep sheep for his father, and when there came a lion or a bear, and it took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered him out of its mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, or fur, uh, and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Uh, and so, so David knew God, watched God come through for him on, on life-threatening occasions multiple times. One, I mean, I, I love that description. I always think, like, David, he's like this little guy, and then he tells this story. And I, if I'm listening to that story, I'm like, whoa. You're a bad, bad man. I'm going to stay away from you. You're fighting lions to protect sheep, you know. I was just like, eat them. Um, and then verse 45, you go down to verse 45, David's talking to Goliath now. He says, he says to Goliath, you come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Um. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day and the birds of the air to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, 
and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. He knew he wasn't the one that was essentially fighting this. He knew the God that this guy was making fun of is the God that's going to fight against him. Why? So he would make his name great. David knew if he's going to use somebody like me, as weak as me, everybody's going to know it was God that did this and not just me. So the key to David being used and being this unexpected choice that, that brought about this unexpected result, first he knew who God was. If you don't know him, you can't expect to just go and start doing things for him because you don't even know him. It starts there. You have to know him. You have to read his word, pray, surround yourself with people who, who do know him. And the more you know him, the more you will trust him, and that leads to the second part. So knowing him will cause you to be one of these unexpected choices that God uses for unexpected results. And the second thing is listening to him. So once you know him, then listen to him. So some of you just don't know him. Some of you know him, but you still choose not to listen to him, at least not all the time. If you know him and you listen to him, you will be one of these people that's an unexpected choice that's, that's, that's brought about unexpected results that bring people to God. Again, you have to know his voice in order to be able to listen to him. So if you don't know him, you're not going to know which voice is his. But if you know him, it talks about this later on in scripture. We don't have time to go there right now. But um, he, God calls himself our shepherd and he says, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And if you are my sheep, you will know my voice. And so if you are a follower of God, he is your shepherd, you are his sheep, and you will know his voice. And so when he speaks to you and he tells you to pick up the phone or to send a message and tell somebody something crazy, then you just do it. Because you know that that's something that's gonna, that he's going to use. And sometimes he lets you see it, what those results are, not always. But my goal in life is I want to, every time that I hear from God, do whatever he says. You know what this has come down to, even with me right now? Um, there are times when I'm scrolling through Instagram, like everybody does probably, and I'm just looking, 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 and I pass something like, oh, that's kind of cool, um, and I just keep scrolling. And I, I kid you not, I, I, I believe it's the Holy Spirit that would tell me, like, just go back and like that picture. And I'm like, okay, that's just stupid. Like, I'm... The Holy Spirit's really going to tell me to go back and push a heart on Instagram. Seriously. And I'm serious that's what goes in my mind. And I've, I, I, I kid you not that this voice is like, I'm, I'm serious. Go back and do it. And I'm like, okay, I like it. You may say that's really ridiculous. But I'm trying to, from that kind of thing in my life, as something as trivial and it seems as dumb as that, to saying yes to fostering children and changing our lives forever, that I would say yes to whatever he calls me to. Because I know that this is a God that I can trust. And if I listen to him more often in little things and in big things, you know what I do believe? I do believe that there might be a chance, there, there, there might be one of those times where I hit like on Facebook or Instagram when I felt convicted by the Holy Spirit to do that. And again, that sounds dumb, even that coming out of my mouth. But I do believe that there is maybe a time, and maybe it's already happened, that if that's happened by me liking that, that somebody needed that encouragement and it changes something for them that day. And so I think God works that personally with us. That if a name comes across your mind and across my wife's mind when I'm watching Sports Center, she's like, I should look up the meaning of that name. I think I should check that name out. 
that she doesn't just ignore that, but she checks that out. And that, you know what that happens, you know what happens with that? It makes this story that much greater and God that much bigger. It gives us a bigger view of who he is. He's always that big. He's always that great. But a lot of times we miss it. But the more that you know him and the more that you listen to him, then you'll get to watch him produce unexpected results from his unexpected choices in your life. But you got to know him and you got to listen to him. Or none of that happens. David was a guy who knew God, who listened to him. Uh, we'll learn more about David as, we, as the weeks go on and we'll spend a couple weeks on him. Uh, Again, I think there's probably people, and there's even part of me that say, like, there's this part of me in my head that's like, you, you haven't even adopted him yet. Like, you can't call him yours. But there's this bigger part of me that says everything in me and everything that God has done, um, that he's mine. I'm going to go with that because of the track record I've seen of God. And if, if he changes things, he changes things. And I trust him and he's still good and I still love him. And God still knows what he's doing and he still has better plans than me. But I fully believe this is where God is, is, is moving us. Um, and I will tell his story and tell his story and tell his story again and again and again. And I'm just thankful I get to be a part of it. God will do stuff in your life. He will use unexpected choices and produce unexpected results that point more people to him. If you just know him and you listen to him. 